It's time for Moment of Truth with David Moses. Element. Element. Element FM. Hey, welcome to Moment of Truth. I'm your host, David Moses. It is a pleasure to have you all with us today. If you're listening on Element FM in Toronto and or Ottawa, that's great. If you're listening on one of the other radio stations that now carry Moment of Truth, you're welcome to be here. We like having you. Also, if you're listening on your favorite podcast platform, we welcome you all. And we also are grateful to have guests returning to the show today that we had on. We were just talking about this prior to going to air. Uh, in the fall of 2019, when we could all get together in the same room, and they were in our studio in Toronto. And it's a, a pleasure to have them back with us here on the show. And we have uh, Jay Lee and uh, Hayden Wolf with us from Once a Tree. And we're talking to them today about... Well, a number of things. First of all is um, is Jaylee's new song that we're going to talk about, but also uh, the video that goes along with it. They've been very active with their musical careers since we last spoke, so it's great to have them back on to talk about Child of the Government uh, is Jaylee's debut single that she's put out. So it's a pleasure to have them both on the show. So Hayden and Jaylee, welcome. Hey, hey, thank you so much, yeah, David. Thank you. Really appreciate it. Yeah. We love talking to you. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's great really talking good. to you guys, too, because I remember, you know, and I'm sure you guys have, have spoke in great depth, and it's on your website, also around your own history, your own personal histories, how you guys got together, and that amazing story that you uh, that you came out of to find your way into music and to find each other, all of those things that have, have transpired for you. And now you're, you're putting out this great music. Hayden, I want to talk with you, with you about that to some degree, because... You know the the production values that you bring to uh, to the work that you guys do. Can you can you tell me a little bit about that history for yourself about falling into that production side of things? Yeah, I mean, we when we both started making music, it was we were definitely based in like folk mm. and just like guitar, piano, that kind of stuff. Mm. Um, but yeah, it wasn't until we came to Toronto. And I ended up getting into the remix uh, project where I started really developing the production side mm. of, of the music and like electronic stuff. It was actually thanks to Gord Downey. Yeah, right? Gord Downey. <laughs> yeah. So crazy. I, I, we were on and off homeless when we first got to Toronto. Yep. And I had a camera and I was just working, um, taking photos for people. And I ended up getting a job um, doing behind the scenes for a short film. And I get to set and Gord Downey's the, the lead character. I'm just like, oh man, like this is my chance to share me and Jaylee's music with someone big in the industry. So I like, you know, I was trying to be respectful, but on lunch break, I went over and I was like, oh, Gord, can I show you some music, man? Like I'm such a big fan. And so we sat there and I showed him some stuff. And um, the writer of the short film named Gavin Shepard came up behind me and he said, hey man, I, I started this um, program called the Remix Project. You should check it out. Um, and I immediately went home. I was so excited. The, the uh, programs that they offer there are mm. just so incredible for um, youth that, you know, don't have the tools or the access mm. um, to help grow their careers in the arts industry. Um, and they completely changed me and Jaylee's lives. Yeah. And that's when you really started producing. Mm -hmm. 
Wow, that's what a great story. I'm sitting here listening. I don't remember if we shared that last time you were on. Well, I don't the show. know. <laughs> yeah, probably not. We probably didn't talk about Gord. No, I don't think so. Nor uh, the the remix program and and how yeah. that uh, changed things for you. And certainly, you can really hear that as you you listen to the music that you guys have have put out. How are you enjoying that side of things? Oh yeah, like it's I I love like the evolving of the sound. Mm. I think coming back to you know, more raw and um, kind of moody tones. Mm. I always, I don't know. I always am a sucker yeah, for, for sad song. <laughs> but yeah, it's been, um, it's been really cool to get into producing this new project with Jay Lee mm. and, um, you know, talking about really more personal subjects. Mm. And um, yeah, it's been such a pleasure. And you, you love him. producing. Like I love anytime it, yeah. I say to him, like, what do you want to do? Like if he, if he has time, it's like his day off or whatever. He's like, I'm going to make music. Like it's what he <laughs> loves to do. And he, and it's like, you don't go to the guitar as much anymore. You go to your production. Like, yeah, that's go, true. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Interesting. See all these little things that are coming out. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> so, so that's great. Now, listen, that leads me to another question. And that is sort of the writing side of this as, as a duo. How is that shared up? It's always different. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's, I'll have a vocal, I'll have a hook and I'll mm -hmm. have some lyrics mm -hmm. and then I will just start singing them and he'll come up with a beat mm -hmm. or I'll have it on the guitar already. And then we can just track that. And then we put it into his program and um, he just starts to like make a beat around that. Or sometimes he'll already have some sort of awesome track and then I just get to come in and write lyrics. And She's sing. crazy though. She, she literally on so many of the once a tree tracks mm -hmm. like she'll just freestyle stuff and well, i'm like it's the only way i can write yeah you know, i'm like and i'm like that turned out so well like we're actually going to use this like one take right, right. Yeah. i find it really hard to like sit down and think about okay what, what do i want to write a song about today and then like sit down with a pen and pencil and i can't do it i have to just like let it come out however it comes out riding the wave yeah ah <laughs> <laughs> oh, great well thanks for sharing all that now I have to ask you guys you know as I said when you were back on the show in 2019 we certainly talked a lot about your personal history and about how you came out of the Jehovah Witness uh, mm -hmm. you know religion has any of that changed just to catch up a little bit are you still excommunicated from the community etc has any of that changed at all so actually it's it's pretty much the same but when covid really started to hit mm. i went back to british columbia mm -hmm. and i started noticing that some of my family members started to talk to me it wasn't you know it wasn't like a normal family mm. kind of conversation like how you've been doing it's more like hey it's the end of the world like this is happening mm. and we really love you and we don't want to lose you and they started to talk to me and i was so grateful to have them in my life that mm. I didn't even mind that it was just all preaching to me. Mm. Um, since then, they have mostly stopped talking to me again. But it was a very interesting mm -hmm. thing with COVID that they, you know, they were being told that it was it was the end. It was imminent. And th like that they reached out to me. I know they love me. Mm -hmm. I know that their love isn't conditional. I just know that they can't have me in their lives because of because of the brainwashing. And mm -hmm. so. It was interesting, but um, things are pretty much the same Pretty much yeah. in that regard. Mm. I mean, obviously, everyone's lives has just changed so drastically since mm -hmm. COVID has, sure. has really taken over. But um, yeah. 
Yeah, it's true. Our lives have definitely changed. Now, the other thing that comes to mind when you were saying that, and it goes back to something that you guys shared about your story as well. Jaylee, you had said to Hayden at some point after you had left and you were, uh, you were just talking one day and you said, do you miss being immortal? Yes. Yes, because we really did believe that. Um, That was hard. Yeah, that was one of the (laughs) hardest things. I think it's up there with losing my community and my friends and my family was Mm. the deprogramming of that belief because I literally thought I was never going to die. I remember being a kid and having all of the elderly people being like, you are so like fortunate that you have, were born right now because Armageddon is coming mm-hmm. and you'll never have to grow old. And I would just get to live in paradise earth in my body, mm-hmm. um, you know, around 25. That's kind of basically how they're depicted in the photos mm-hmm. that we were shown. Mm-hmm. Um, and you get to just live forever in mm-hmm. this body. It was a lot more reckless back then. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it was invincible. Yeah. It's interesting. <laughs> it's so weird to think back to that time. Yeah. yeah. That was the most just crushing feeling coming yeah. to, coming to terms and, and with everyone that. else is like of course you die yeah, yeah you're gonna die obviously <laughs> you're gonna get old if like, you're lucky this yeah. has never even crossed my mind my entire life yeah <laughs> <laughs> well you know that's that's really interesting first of all and and secondly i guess the idea that you are never going to die it's a very pardon the expression very intoxicating idea isn't oh it? yeah Oh, it's it's beautiful. It's a beautiful it's, hope. It's the carrot. Have. It's the carrot that they dangle. Right. It's definitely the hope. And also that anyone who passed away before Armageddon, before yeah. the Great Tribulation, yes. um, will get resurrected. And so you get to be with those people. Mm-hmm. All in, your loved ones. In, yeah, in, with all of your loved ones in the physical. In perfection. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that was definitely hard. It was a hard pill to swallow when I realized that was all a lie. Um, but... Since then, obviously, I've created my own little paradise now. And, and, mm, and like so that. now when you guys look back on that, what, what do you see as sort of the gifts that you've been given from, from being freed from that? But what are the regrets as well? Ooh, okay. Mm. Well, I have a gift. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think one of the greatest gifts is coming out of that, you really learn to question everything. So for me, I came out of out of that and then came into this society and I was sort of like, why is it best to be like really rich? Like, why is it best to be like, I, I really kind of realized that it was almost like society and it's um, like, I'm just going to say, you know, like the patriarchy, it's, mm. it's fascinating that now it's like, there's a whole other rules that I need to subscribe to mm. beauty standards, like mm. all of these other things yeah. that I had never really thought about the cult of society. Yeah. <laughs> and so I was like, I, I think it's good to just question everything and really find for me what's right. Um, and I think that's been a gift. Mm. Okay. Great. Yeah. Hayden, anything for you? What was, what was the other? The regret. The regret. Yeah. I mean, I try not to live with regrets. I don't, I wouldn't say I have any regrets about being raised mm-hmm. in that. Um, Cause yeah, it does. It teaches you a lot of perspective. Sure. Um, and that life is life. Like you have to have perspective in life to really get through it. <laughs> yeah. You have to learn the hard. I think we all have to learn the yeah, hard way in some definitely. ways. Yeah. I mean, I was, I would say that the, the religion teaches you to be very judgmental 
And so if I look back and I'm like, oh, the judge, the judgments that I had, but I, but it wasn't really, I wouldn't say it's really my fault because, Mm -hmm. you know, it was so ingrained in me to have those judgments, but Mm -hmm. I don't like thinking that I, that I had those. Right. It it gives me hope too, for, you know, you meet some people and you think, wow, like, how could you ever think that way? And that person will never change, but like given the opportunity and the right, um, you know, the right heart condition and everything. I think a lot of people who hold a lot of really bad ideas about others can, given the opportunity, can really change yes. and become a better person. You know, yeah. I, you never lose, lose hope on, on those nasty people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I believe in change. Yeah. I believe people do change and they can change. Yeah. And, and you guys are proof of that. Um, yeah. <laughs> now, the other thing I was thinking of while you were talking there is, uh, that experience, of course, shaped who you are to some degree and probably has helped you in terms of what you are bringing through your music uh, to the world. Yes, mm-hmm. 100%. Yeah. And the other thing I was wondering about is this. How do you think this would have rolled out had you not met each other and and mm-hmm. had that ability to to move forward together because it, it really was you guys were very fortunate to find each other and and find the the similarities and the things that you you uh, were, were doing and thinking at the time together yeah. correct it was faded yeah i wouldn't i, I wouldn't be here today 100 percent. i wouldn't be alive today if it wasn't for jaylee and like the the um we're soulmates like yeah we've we've been there for each other through such like the darkest times in our lives and we've, we've been a support for each other. We've been there unconditionally, mm-hmm. no matter what. And it doesn't even matter if him, like if Hayden and I one day were like, you know, we don't love each other in that way anymore. We'd still be there for each other. Yeah. There is no conditions. I don't care what you do. You like, I'm always going to be here for you. Likewise. And that's what it's been like from the beginning. And so mm-hmm. when you say like, you know, lucky, like it, I don't know if you use that word, but I feel so lucky mm-hmm. to have met him. I feel like it, it was faded. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. Well, thank you both for that. I really appreciate uh, you thank sharing you. that. Of course, thanks. To <laughs> and, yeah, and and you know that leads us into uh, if if somebody's listening and wondering who 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 are they talking to? What are they talking about? <laughs> well, we're talking to Hayden and Jaylee Wolf of uh, Once a Tree, but we're specifically supposed to be talking with uh, Jaylee about her new song, the single that she's come <laughs> out with, and we are going to do that. But you know, uh, if you're an Element FM listener, you will definitely hear uh, Once a Tree on. Element FM, and I guess uh, Rush is probably one of the songs we hear quite a bit these days. Nice. Cool. Um, and you guys just had, you know, for people that want to check you guys out, you, you can be found online, right? You've got the onceatree.com website. Uh, yes. You can, you're can you on YouTube. You've got all these connections. People can look you up and find you all over the place. And, uh, of course, purchase uh, your, your uh, wares and your music as well. Yes, exactly. He said it perfectly. <laughs> and is there specific areas uh, of the social media that you want to mention to send people to at all? Uh, we have all social media. So whatever whatever you use, if you want to connect with us, we, we've probably got, yeah, Once a Tree. And then our personals are just our names, mm-hmm. Jaylee Wolf and Hayden Wolf. Okay. Definitely follow Jaylee on TikTok to see her viral <laughs> cat video. <laughs> 
Okay. All I posted right. a, I posted a video of my grandfather's cat fortress when I was back in BC. Mm-hmm. He was never um, in the religion and he's always been kind of a goof. And I went back there and filmed this thing just, you know, thinking it, this is so funny. It's this crazy cat fortress and it went viral. So it's been fun. <laughs> all, all the work on our music and she posts a cat video and 6.8 <laughs> million views later. <laughs> yeah. It's that kind of a world. It is. (laughs) And you are listening to Element FM in Toronto and Ottawa, and this is Moment of Truth. I'm your host, David Moses. My guests on the show are Hayden and Jaylee Wolf, and we're talking to them about their music, and we're now going to start talking about the newest song that has been released along with the video. Do you want to tell us a little bit about um, why you felt this was the right time to tell this story? Sure. So... I have been trying to heal my relationship with my biological father. And when I really started to work on this solo project, um, basically it was about a year ago, I really started to write songs for it. And um, I was just sitting there and I thought, you know, there's something I need to get off my chest. And my my um, biological father, he like he's he calls me and he's very OK with me sharing this, but um, he calls me when he's drunk a lot. and. Uh. I would just tape him and I would just like record it whenever I was like in the studio, I would just record it. And I'd be like, you know, I just want you to hear yourself. Um, (laughs) But this one particular day he called me and it was so healing. And I remember thinking, I'm going to put this in a song and I'm going to write a song around it. I'm going to, I'm going to tell the story of um, what has happened to him and how it's affected me. Um, And I just thought it was a really important story and Mm. it just came out. It just, it was so cathartic. It was so healing for me to write it. And he shared with me that like my dad is said it's it's been very healing for him too Mm. and that's what it's about you know i'm really happy i did it yeah thank you okay now i know who the voice is that we hear in the beginning (laughs) of the song that's great yeah thank you and you know there is something very gentle in that voice right yeah it it is is. gentle yeah it really is something beautiful and gentle in that conversation you're having with them so i appreciate that now we should probably tell people a little bit more about why you wanted to share this story and why this is important and and why your your father is a is a a key focal of this story and that is because of your own background part of that background is anishinaabe and cree yeah so the song's called child of the government it's about my dad being a part of the 60s scoop which Mm -hmm. um from the 1950s into the 1990s, the Canadian government and the Catholic Church um, are responsible for taking over 20,000 Indigenous babies and children. Mm. And they were either put into foster care or they were adopted out into non-Indigenous homes. Um, some accounts of children even being sold. Mm. And so my dad was one of these children. Um, and on his adoption papers, his identity was changed. His ethnicity was changed. They mm. said that he was not eligible for in, um, Indian status, um, which is a lie. Mm. And so he went through his life not knowing who he was. And I went through, you know, my upbringing, not knowing that I was indigenous Mm. until he found his biological family. Mm. And then I found, you know, him. And then I got to meet all of my indigenous family up North. So it's been this, the last couple of years has just been me trying to reclaim. And it just went, the writing the song, like I said, was so cathartic. I also went up North and met my family. Um, So it's just been a really healing couple of years. Mm. And I thought what, you know, like I have to talk about it. And it's, it's like a cry. Sometimes you need to get that out. Mm. 
Mm. Um, so yeah, it was really important for me to write it. And like I said, it, I think it's brought me and my dad closer and it's been healing for him too. So I think healing for a lot of others too. Yeah. The messages yeah. that I've been getting after I put the song out have been, wow. Like yeah. people sharing their experiences. It's, yeah. it is not, you know, uh, it's just, it's sad. It, there's so many of us just working on, we're all working on reclamation yeah. indigenous people because of what has happened. Child of the government by Jaylee Wolf, her first debut single. The song itself is very strong. You know, something, what you said there in the last couple of years, you've been discovering this. And I think that because that is so fresh with you, there's something that is that is captured in the song from that experience because it is so new as well. Uh, Hayden, I want to ask you about the production side of this. Mm-hmm. Because it, it certainly is right up there with the lyrics and the video um, and this whole story that is coming out through the song. Yeah, I definitely didn't want to 
um, like overpower the lyrics or anything. So I mm. wanted those to be at the forefront because mm. it is such an important story to like take in, you know, right. and having that more instrumental chorus where it just kind of opens up and lets go and like all that energy and all that power just released. And you listen to what I wanted to like. Yeah. You- like Shaylee was very, very, um, incorporated in like the whole process with me of like building it out but that's why i love working with hayden because i have worked with other producers and it with him it's like i can say anything i don't have to feel i mean obviously we have a very special connection but (laughs) i i can say anything about what i want in my art and Mm. he just takes it and runs with it right yeah and i wanted this project to be so like every piece of it that in the production side like having her very involved in it was really important so that her pure like vision could be expressed, you know, mm-hmm. because it is a lot darker than our once a tree stuff. It is a lot more mm-hmm. like the stuff that I'm talking about, not just in the song, but the songs to come too with the mm-hmm. rest of the project. It mm-hmm. There are a lot of like darker themes and that was something I needed to express. So like mm-hmm. him as a producer was just, I mean, no brainer. <laughs> <laughs> um, but there is that darkness shows up, but it's, it's very powerful. It's done in a very powerful way um, that that just backs up the message that is being brought forward from the song. Thank you. I think darkness is powerful. That's Mm -hmm. sort of like how I view it. I feel like it's so necessary. You cannot have the light without the darkness. Mm -hmm. Um, And I I've always taken power in the fact that like my trauma, even I I take power in it. I think that I am who I am because of it, Mm -hmm. not not in spite of it, not despite Mm -hmm. of it. Like it is it's because and um i know happiness now because i know all that mm. it, it's however low you you go is is how as how high you can mm. soar right. you know as, as corny as it sounds i, I really <laughs> do believe that you can take power in in your darkness right hey hayden you you had mentioned earlier that it, had it not been for for Jaylee, you wouldn't be here and that darkness that you were going through, do you think you were able to somehow tap into that to to find something to bring forward into this into the musicality and the production of this song? For sure, definitely. I mean, uh, my favorite music is like sad folk songs and like dub stuff. <laughs> <Right. laughs> it was a pretty crazy like spread, but um, yeah, I definitely find myself, you know, even in my own like little dabbling in like songwriting and everything. Mm-hmm where I tend to like talk about really sad things and, and um, angry things. And I think it's just a way for me to express that side of myself. And it's very healing and therapeutic. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, and now I wanted to ask you, I'm glad you mentioned that. I wanted to ask you, ask you guys about musical influences. Who are, who are you influenced by? Who do you guys listen to when you're? We're, we're both going to say the same person, are we? Like Connor Oberst. Like we're yep. like as a song <laughs> as a songwriter. Uh-huh. Um, I think that there isn't a week that goes by that we don't just like take in his art, and we like we we listen to his music like yeah every week. Uh, it's mm. something that's been ongoing. Like I just I can never get enough of the way he right. tells stories. Hayden, the other thing I wanted to ask you about was. Are you yeah. working with any, any other artists at this point? Or are you still just producing for yourselves? So I'm working with um, an artist named Boy Pape mm-hmm. a little bit here and there. Mm-hmm. But um, mostly it's been pretty, I've been pretty just involved with Jaylee and getting her project going and all that. I think it's just because he's so busy. That yeah. It's like, yeah. It's like, the, yeah, because we do a lot of all the video and photo stuff in-house too. So it's been, it's been a lot getting this project off the ground. 
your song, I think, is, is very timely. And I just want to say thanks for uh, bringing it forward. And we wish you all the best in the future. And great having you on the show, guys. Thank you so much, Thank David. Thank you, David. We love you guys. And they are the voices of Hayden and Jaylee Wolf from Once a Tree. We've been talking to them about all the great things they have going on, but also their latest song, which is, of course, by Jaylee, and that is Child of the Government. And it was a pleasure to have them on the show talking about that. That's this part of the show. Please don't go away. We'll be right back after the break with more right here on Moment of Truth. Back to Moment of Truth with David Moses. Element, Element, Element FM. Okay, welcome back to Moment of Truth. You're listening to Element FM, as you know, in Toronto and Ottawa, and or you might be listening on one of the other radio stations that now carry Moment of Truth. We welcome you all, and it is a pleasure to welcome back to someone that we've had on the show a number of times now. We had her on a couple of months ago and we said we were going to have her back on again. Hadriana Leo, she's back here to talk about a number of things. Now, Hadriana is a money navigator and money educator. However, you know, she's so much more than that. She's a personal financial coach that is thoughtful and knowledgeable and approachable. And I'm sure you're going to hear that when we speak to her a little bit. And she always is encouraging her clients to think and dream big, big. She wants you to think big. And uh, (laughs) she talks about money as a tool and she helps people shift their perspectives on finances and change narratives on personal worth and opens up to uh, your ability to acquire and accumulate wealth. We're all under a lot of stress and that puts stress in our entire lives, including our finances. So, Adriana, welcome back to the show. Thanks, David. I am always so happy to be back. Our conversations, we never have enough time for them. Um, And they certainly get me thinking once I'm done with them, because I think we're dealing with real life issues when Mm. we do get uh, get talking. Lots of big decisions are being made by families right now Mm. that I guess on the outside look like they have nothing to do with money, Mm -hmm. but a lot of the choices we're making, for example, to accept the vaccine or not, um, that is being impacted by our capacity to work or get back to work and earn a living. These are some big decisions that we're making right now. You know, I I thank you for pointing that out because I had not thought about that because they've, they have been talking about these, you know, uh, vaccine passports and things that directly relates to what you're talking about. The ability to maybe go out do things, work, uh, et cetera, et cetera, travel. Mm-hmm. And travel is a big one for me. I'm an immigrant to the country mm. um, and I have a lot of respect for the work that our our indigenous people have, have done in the past to create this land that we have right mm. now. My opportunity to leave where I was born and come here is impacted by my ability to now visit 
not just home, mm. but other places where my family happens to be. Even here, I have a sister-in-law in Calgary. Will I be able to travel freely to, to visit with her if I make a choice against the vaccine? Now, I'm not going to um, advise anyone one way or another. I think everyone needs to make their own decisions with regards to that. But I think we need to be realistic here. A lot of the decisions we're making right now with regards to the pandemic are financially driven Mm. uh, from the top all the way down to the mom and pop that have to decide whether to go to work or stay home with their kids who now in Ontario are now back home after the spring break. Mm -hmm. So let's let's not be uh, naive in Mm -hmm. thinking that we're just deciding for our health. We're deciding for our health, but our wealth as well. And, and that brings us to another angle of this as well, because when we are stressed and when we are in situations where we feel somewhat out of control, uh, that tends to make us not think necessarily clearly as well as we should. And we might do something like make a poor purchase. That's right. Well, not just poor purchases. These decisions have ramifications that go um, well beyond the present. I mean, uh, there are literally, and, and let me just preface this by saying that women are taking the brunt of the hit when it comes to dealing and managing through the pandemic. Uh Everything that we have been taught about who we're supposed to be as women and all of that, it's multiplied because now we're supposed to still manage our job and nurture our kids, make dinner and teach uh, the curriculum, regardless of your child's age. You're supposed to jump in there and supplement that learning and and create environments. All of that stuff has to happen. um, And we're taking the hit. Mm. I think uh, for a lot of us, um, the pandemic is is highlighting some inequities, mm-hmm. but we're still having to jump in there and survive. So talking about stress, we're not I, I don't even think any decisions we're making through this pandemic, we should have the right to revisit and change <laughs> because the amount that we're dealing with mm. makes it rather difficult for us to make decisions um, that are not based in some sort of underlying fear. And there's no good decision making that's happening if our basis is fear. Right. And it certainly does seem to be uh, a lot of that going on because of just the way the topics are being um, addressed around the vaccines, for instance, Mm -hmm. and and what's rolling out in in that regard. And now, of course, we have these variants that are coming on and they're talking about how they're, um, you know, they spread quicker and they are potentially more deadly. Yes. And we seem like sitting ducks, mm-hmm. right? I mean, it's one thing to, to be afraid. At least we have the option usually of fight or flight. Mm. In this pandemic, we have no flight options, right. literally or figuratively, yes. because there's nowhere to run yep. to get away from this. Mm. So we have to we have been sitting in a suspended state of fear um, where and, and helplessness, lack of control. And that has had, I mean, the results, the impact of that sustained state has been far reaching, not just um, in our wallets, but our mental health, our capacity, our coping mechanisms, all of these are pretty much at their wits end because 
I mean, we've been deploying, we've been putting out, okay, I'm going to cope with this. If it's not yoga, it's, I, I've, tried to get back to Qigong. It was something I, Qigong is, a, um, I guess, an, a martial art mm. uh, that really helps to move energy through your body. And I remember teaching it to myself with VHS tapes when I had my first daughter back in the day, I borrowed them from the library and I, I, uh, I really enjoyed it. And recently, about a month or two ago, I thought, okay, you know what, maybe I should revisit Qigong. Why? Because there are things that I had been using before that were not working anymore. And I had to find something else to try Mm. to do. Our coping mechanisms are strained and we're still sitting ducks with very little control. We need to find ways to cope outside of what everyone else is saying. And maybe it means turning off the TV. I I wouldn't say turn off the radio, David, definitely not, (laughs) but perhaps being a little more deliberate in what we're listening to, because I'll tell you this, I have become increasingly disappointed. I, I typically don't get political when I go out, but I have become increasingly disappointed in the political rhetoric that I, I, I'm hearing coming out these days, especially the last few months as it relates to the pandemic. I, mm. I thought we were better than that. And mm. um, unfortunately, I think we are succumbing to the pressure to be heard, to have the sound bites and all that jazz. Just politicizing a pandemic, I think, has uh, it, it's got that's gotten to me. I I hear what you're saying. You know, last time you were on here, we were also in the pandemic mm-hmm. and we were we were talking to you at that time, a time about uh, what you had noticed, what you were seeing, what you were hearing from families and people as we moved through through this pandemic around their own financial situations and those kind of things. Uh, would you say much has changed, or uh, what you're hearing is is more accelerated? How, how what would you say since the last time we spoke? Well, I think uh, last time we spoke, I was sharing that not not everyone is struggling financially. Mm. Uh, There are still some who are earning great income. Some are even getting their incomes topped up. Mm. Um, What I have seen, though, is that regardless of the income that you may or may not be getting, the strain, the emotional strain is compromising your capacity to use that income. That's what I've been seeing. Um, Talking about strategic use of wealth is the last thing on many people's minds. Mm. Talking about, you know, making moves that are going to create legacies and, um, and really move you ahead. A lot of people are not positioned to deal with that uh, right now because of the emotional impact of everything else that surrounds uh, this pandemic. A lot of opportunities at this point are being missed because we, we're, we're all talked out. We don't want to talk about these things. No one else, no one wants another Zoom meeting. No one wants another webinar or masterclass. Um, we're struggling mentally and emotionally, and that is impacting our finances, especially the women who are leading households. It's, um, it's becoming very, very difficult to see that they're taking the hit, the hardest hit, but they seem to be the least equipped financially to actually do much about their situations. Mm. And, you know, I, I understand that what we're dealing with now is is something that 
in some ways is, I guess, the tip of the iceberg, meaning that once we are out of this situation, there's going to be a lot of other topics, much like you said, coming back to revisit. There'll be a lot of other topics that are going to come out that we aren't be able to focus on right now, much of like what you were just talking about in terms of the role that women have taken on during this pandemic. Yes, definitely. I, I, I don't even want to think about what repayment of all of these benefits is going to look like uh, in another two, three years. Mm. Um, the government has jumped in and I'm so grateful that we were at for almost from the word go almost once they figured out all of their acronyms the government was there to provide some sort of assistance as much as they could mm. uh so that families could at least scrape by because right. we're n- nobody's flying high on these subsidies right. um that we had that that's fantastic but we have to pay it back and again the brunt of it is going to fall to the matriarchs in our society to really you know pick up whatever need whatever whatever is not being held on to we they they need to pick up the loose ends they need to tie those all up and still show up and beat everything to everybody i think that's what we're going to be seeing when recovery efforts begin uh so hopefully children are back in school on a regular basis uh teachers are healthy our frontline workers are healthy now it's time for us to build back our coffers and and replace a lot of that money that was deployed to sustain us through well where is it going to come from i mean there's any any political party that wants to stay in power can only tax that much it's going to be the economy it's going to be entrepreneurs especially women entrepreneurs because we're the driving force behind entrepreneurship right now it's going to come down to us as women really picking up the slack and filling in the places where the money's just not reaching it's us coming back to work going back to work working the extra hours and still showing up as mom as wife as friend as sister and all the rest it it's like an ongoing pull on the females in our society to really show up and fix things. Um, but I fear um, we're being called to do all that, but I don't know how many people are actually listening to what women are saying. I, um, I think women have a lot of answers that can help us come through this. Uh, probably we could have been much better positioned if women were positioned we're in positions where we could be heard and adhered to, but uh, we don't really see that. And I think a lot of that has to do with how we're positioned when it comes to wealth. Hmm. Well, in, in terms of speaking of the, the matriarch, you know, prior to our conversation uh, and, and and lining up this interview, you had mentioned uh, a video and a song to me that uh, speaks along those same lines. And unfortunately, we, I can't, uh, I couldn't find a way to incorporate that so we could play it, but we sure, certainly would like to mention it. And I, I want to thank you for bringing it uh, to our attention. Uh, so if people want to check it out, it's called Welcome to the Matriarch. How did you find out about that song? 
Well, I've been from, I think the very first time I showed up uh, and did my first interview with you, David, mm. uh, Jakota reached out to me. Mm. Um, and from that time, it's what now, three years ago, maybe yeah. four? Mm. Uh, from that time, we've stayed in touch. And I, I love what he's doing within the community. Um, but also he, he has a, he has a strong movement in place mm. that really appreciates not just his, uh, indigenous roots, mm. but also the capacity to contribute and what they bring to our society. Um, so it was in going through some of his feeds that I saw that he was premiering this song, mm. welcome to the matriarch. <laughs> and I was on the live debut when he did it live on his social media feeds. And I thought, Oh my goodness, what a powerful message. Mm. It's one that I think um, it's not new. I mean, the matriarchy has been very, very instrumental in getting society to where it is right now. But it always seems to be at a place where um, we have to tell someone else so someone else can do what we're mm. what we're suggesting or doing. Mm. But we have had entire um, entire, uh, I guess, how what's the word I'm looking for? Entire cultures. Mm that have been led by matriarchs yep. and that have flourished. And I'm wondering, I'm not wondering, I know that it is the missing link mm -hmm. to what we are dealing with right now to getting mm -hmm. re resolutions. I, I want to see wealth in women's hands. Mm -hmm. I really want to see, and I'm just not just talking about making money. Right. I want to see wealth in women's hands because we've, we we're already nurturers. Mm -hmm. uh, we're already great listeners. We're already very wise. Um, however, when it comes to wealth, we seem to let that go for some reason. And that seems to be what moves things a lot in the society that we built money talks mm. money opens doors um, money gets people to listen to you and i think the matriarch is missing that element and i was really excited uh to see this video to hear those lyrics when jakota put that up i i, I have yeah. to say i was impressed and i did tell him that well in in terms of what you just said that that uh there's that missing Part or something that that the, the matriarch or the the women haven't sort of uh, found a way to to harness uh, on a, on a massive level yet about about finances, um, but here you are as a yes. money navigator and a money educator, so and personal finance coach. So, what was it that brought you to that, and and what do you think from your experience then is is that missing piece? Yeah, it's, um, I think it started from the time I was brought up, I was going through some stages in my life recently and writing some of that down uh, from preschool. I, I think I remember five days out of seven every week, I lived in a household of men. <laughs> it was mm. my dad and my four brothers. Mm. Um, and then on the weekends, we would go back south and uh, with my mom and my one, two sisters at the time. I've uh, I've been brought up to appreciate uh, that male energy mm. and not be daunted by it. Mm. I've been brought up to um, appreciate that 
the male energy is just that it's it's their perspective it's their way of doing things mm. and my brothers my dad back in the day i mean girls didn't ride bicycles i grew up in st lucia um girls weren't allowed to ride bicycles but my dad let me ride my bicycle uh, my brothers taught me to drive but i was barely tall enough to see over the steering wheel <laughs> i was exposed to things that society would have otherwise said would not be for a girl i remembered one time riding around um and slipping there was some sand or gravel on the ground and i fell and there was this man sitting not far uh, away from where i fell and he essentially said that's what you get for riding a bike <laughs> right mm. um and i remembered feeling very unhappy with his remark but knowing that if my dad says it's okay it must be okay and there was nothing wrong with it how am i different um, i was brought up to understand that who i want to be doesn't have to be um it doesn't have to be validated by anyone not by society or anyone else so i got exposed to a lot of things that tradition would probably have said was not my place. Mm. And I got to hear a different train of thought. I got to listen and I got to be part of conversations because I put myself there. I've, I'm the only uh, girl in a lot of places. I grew up being nerdy. I taught, system, I taught systems analysis. I loved computers, um, which doesn't make me anything uh fancy or new or unique but it certainly exposed me and it it got the conversation going what i see is a lot of women are being brought up and being told in words that you can be anything you want to be and you can do anything you want to do but when we when it comes to actions they come up against closed doors and secret conversations they're made to feel they shouldn't be part of. I think women at this time in our lives when so many women before us, so many matriarchs before us have worked hard to open those doors and put seats for us at these tables, we now have to let go of that predetermined stereotypical tape recorder that is going on in our heads and we need to now embrace that not just to sit at the table but speak up at the table where we're not just balancing the checkbook we're having conversations about investing about real estate not just from the perspective of the things that drive or 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 push the male energy but talking about wealth in terms and in language that resonates with us as women a lot of what we're dealing with what we're struggling with is that they've always been talking about what works for them i mean david you're a guy right you're going to talk about and be driven by the things that speak to you and resonate with you that may not be the same for the women in your life or in our lives so we now need to change the language so that it resonates with us if if you you know what i mean yeah i do 
I appreciate all of that. Hadriana Leo is a money navigator and money educator as well as personal finance coach, and she is my guest here on Moment of Truth today. It's a pleasure to have her back on the show. And I'm so glad, by the way, that you're mentioning about the matriarch and about the role that women play and the role that they have been playing throughout this whole pandemic situation. We don't hear a whole lot about that, but you're absolutely correct in everything you've said about the role that women are, are playing and taking on throughout this whole thing you know as a as a man <laughs> um i don't like to uh you know necessarily take away from the role we play but i i understand exactly what you're saying and i'm not sure what it is about we men and i'm not, certainly not speaking for everyone uh, i know that uh, for instance julian taylor here at the station he uh, has a daughter he looks after in schools and and i believe he's doing that on his own you know so hats off to everyone and but but also hats off to the women that are taking on all of this extra work that are yeah. doing these things for us during this very difficult time as well absolutely and you're, you're right i i will concede absolutely that this isn't uh, a one one big brush that will paint every male or every female. That that's not what it's about. But it's uh, I guess it's challenging some of the stereotypes, some of the generalizations that we have made, and that uh, some of the patterns that we are seeing coming out of that. And um, you're also right. I don't like labels. I really don't. Part of why why I do what I do is because I know that every woman. Is is not the same um, and it's in acknowledgement of the fact that we all approach different aspects of our lives differently there's no big one brush that'll paint us all I, I think what we are looking at doing right now is having a table where all solutions can be heard and acknowledged and I'm not just female I'm a black female so talking about inequities mm -hmm. it, it's all around um, but we want a scenario where everyone is is heard all of our experiences are not just heard but understood as being valid and where we can create solutions that speak to all of us. Um, yes, we wish we could create one solution that fixes everything for everyone, but that is not the case. Um, and it does not absolve us of actually going out and creating those solutions. We don't get to cry, oh, it doesn't work for everybody. I'm doing the best I can. Yes, you're doing your best, but that doesn't mean that that is the best that can be done. Mm. We need to have situations where the matriarchs in our societies are validated and valued for their contributions. And Unfortunately, since it's money that seems to be doing all the talking in the moving and shaking of our society, uh, the matriarchs typically do not have the same access to that cash. And we need to change that. Women need to start embracing wealth, not just making money, but embracing wealth. Perhaps COVID will also be able to start to shine a light on those other inequities, such as we are talking about here today. There also seems to be the planet that is important now as mm -hmm. well. And it's not just a good idea because it makes money. It has to make sense on other levels, such as the planet. Or is it good for children? Is it good for our, our overall society? Is it good for the, the next generation or the next seven generations? How is it going to play out in that regard? Yeah, definitely 100%. And that's the scope 
that the matriarch brings to the conversation. That is the perspective that we can bring that is not always the most obvious or front and center uh, to the rest of, of our society, to the rest of our government or our governing bodies. Um, and I think it's important that we realize that when we're talking about, you know, welcome to the matriarch, mm-hmm. um, we're not talking about overthrowing men. That's not <laughs> what this is about. We're talking about women showing up. In fact, especially when I work with couples, we have to realize that our partners in life, whether it is a romantic partner or the person you happen to be working with or even our government, they need our help. It's not about overthrowing them. It's not about taking over and running things our way. The fact is our world needs what we have as matriarchs. We can see the results when we don't get heard, when we don't, when no one listens Mm. uh, or has our perspectives. I'm not thinking, I'm not I, I will never sanction overthrowing, but I think it is absolutely vital that we acknowledge the need of support um, that the matriarch can help fulfill, but the support has to be welcomed by our counterparts. Mm. It has to be invited. It has to be considered as valuable. Um, a, a lot of times, like women think that men just don't want to talk about money with them. A lot of times they are begging for someone to help run some ideas through and to bounce some ideas off of, to brainstorm or to help them vet an idea for their finances or for their health, uh, or even for a cause that they're thinking of taking up. We are withholding as women, when we withhold sharing, we are causing as much damage as when we are not welcomed into the room. Mm. Hadriana, such a pleasure to have you on the show. Thank you once again. Thanks, David. All right, you take care. Adriana Leo, always a pleasure to have her right here on Element FM. And that is our show for today. Thank you for listening to Moment of Truth each and every day right here on Element FM. I'm your host, David Moses. We'll see you again tomorrow. This has been Moment of Truth with David Moses. Element, Element, Element FM.